Alyssa Perry is from Sarasota, Florida. She has four children, two in college and two in high school. She currently resides in Northport, Florida. Alyssa is passionate about working with children, young adults, and helping others. She has experience as a special needs and education advocate and as a permanent substitute math teacher for Charlotte County Schools. Currently, Alyssa is a paraprofessional with Charlotte County Schools. She studied criminal justice and graduated with an associate's degree from State College of Florida. She then went on to study criminology at the University of South Florida. Currently, she's a senior at Florida Gulf Coast University. Hey, Alyssa, thanks for joining me today. Hi there. It's so good to talk to you. Um, and I really am excited to talk to you sort of about your experience as a returning adult into higher education. Sounds great. So I, I know you're extremely busy, so I appreciate your time today. But why don't we sort of just start off by um, you letting us know what school you go to, your major, and when you plan to be done. Okay. Um, you already said my name's Alyssa, and I am a student at FGCU College, and I'm a senior. And um, let's see, I'm, in, I'm majoring in interdisciplinary studies, and I plan to be finished in the fall if my plan goes accordingly. <laughs> Three classes left to do, um, a senior seminar, and um, this girl never took foreign language, so. Ah, you're so close, so <laughs> close. Um, that's amazing. Congratulations. I know, I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. Are you in the FGCU Complete program? I absolutely am. I absolutely am. Great. I can't wait to talk to you more about that. So, so tell us, what, what is your goal in um, obtaining your bachelor's degree? What's your career goal? Uh, my career goal in obtaining my bachelor's degree, basically, um, I would say one is a personal goal um, that I've set for myself a long time ago. So I think that's what kind of keeps me going is because I know I can do it and um, I want to achieve that. So I want to say First and foremost, it's a personal goal because when you have that, um, when you're able to set and achieve personal goals, you have that self-esteem, you have that knowledge of self and that you can do it. So when you face things um, in your professional life, you look back and say, okay, I've been through hard things before. Or I've overcome hard things. I think college absolutely, for me, builds character and I tell my kids this all the time it's not about being smart or if you can actually do the work I, I, I don't think the work is that hard you run into some hard things now don't get me wrong you're like wow this is actually hard um, but it's more about character and sticking to it and I think that's what I think that's what your degree kind of represents um, so my professional goals um, I just I feel that with interdisciplinary studies, it really encompassed everything that I'm about because I'm a person that's kind of like just like all over the place. Anywhere I can fill a gap or I can help, um, I do have a concentration with um, elementary. Not, I'm sorry, not elementary, but with education and with criminal justice. Um, I did an AA with criminal justice, and um, so I love the law. I've already, I've always had. Um, a love for the law, and I've always had a love for helping people. So I think what 
my bachelor's is going to enable me to do because I'm able to work in so many different arenas and I have. Um, it's just going to allow me to move forward and be in those higher positions of decision making positions. Um, it's going to open the door for that because I've hit the ceiling professionally of where I can go um, in the workplace because that those letters behind my name stop me. And that's not like an opinion. It is an absolute fact that I can't get to the position I want to be in or I've been up for the position or we try to find a back door to put me in it when those requirements are so stringent that they say you have to have that. And it's like, I can't go and say, I've taken every educational class that anybody else in this type of position has taken. And I literally need a foreign language. Like, you know, I can't go and say that. I have to be able to present that, that degree. So professionally, this is going to allow me to continue um, to progress in my professional life, whatever that may be. Yes, you articulated it very, very well. A degree is either the ticket to or the barrier um, when it comes to reaching a lot of our professional and career goals. So um, you're so close. It's amazing. It's got to feel good. Um, okay, so so listen, you know, you've you've alluded to um, you know having having persisted and being resilient in a lot of these things and developing your character through school. Can you kind of give us a a snapshot of sort of what your higher ed experience has been in terms of the schools that you've been to um, and in sort of a, a quick timeline of of where of how higher ed has gone for you and some of the barriers that you've that you've had to overcome. Okay. Um, Timeline-wise, I'm really bad with, like, dates. <laughs> I'm really bad with time. Um, I, I always envy those people who can say, oh, that movie came out in, like, 2014. I'm like, how do you know that? How do you remember? Um, but I started um, State College of Florida, which, okay, uh, to put a stamp on that, it was MCC, Manatee Community College at the time. Um, so I started State College of Florida. Um, I can tell you that it was around, oh gosh, I'm going to age myself. It was around. The, the dates aren't um, so important, more just sort of like how many years you've been trying to do this and that that would be good. <laughs> okay. I've been at it a while. Okay. Don't judge me. I, um, I used to be like so ashamed about it, but now I'm like, you know what, whatever. It's, it's what it's real. So I was at State College of Florida. I started there around, um, 2000, let's see, 2000, Two, 2002. Um, I was pregnant at the time, and uh, or yes, I was pregnant at the time, and um, I started. I think I was unaware, but I started that semester, and um, I kept going, and uh, so I started State College of Florida. I went, um, and then you know, life and things happen. Uh, my mom ended up developing breast cancer, and then I, at the time I was a single mom. Even then. Um, but I was trucking along pretty well <laughs> until I ran into my math classes and was like, no, oh, I'm going to go around that, um, which proved to be detrimental. Uh, but at any rate, I started there. Um, I graduated State College of Florida. I'm going to tell you that it took me about nine years 
to get an AA because I went part-time. I took two classes at a time. So yeah. part-time this semester, part-time, part-time, part-time. So you're, you're, if you do that, you're automatically taking your, what would be a two year or two and a half. Cause they say it's two years. Sometimes it's two and a half. So you're automatically taking a two year degree and making it a four. Yeah. If you go part-time. So you, so, so some that of automatically. I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, life happens. This is sort of we, what we describe when we talk about students who have to stop, you know, their classes for any period of time or, or leave the system. Um, and so life happening for you sounds like you had a, your mother was ill, seriously ill. You were a single mom. You were pregnant. You... And you struggled with math. Can you kind of explain? A and it resulted in a nine-year AA pursuit, you know, pursuit of your AA. So can you talk a little bit about what did that math situation do to you? What, 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 what did that do in terms of getting you to where you are now? Uh, it absolutely made me who I am. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, it changed my perspective on a lot of things. It humbled me. Um, it taught me that I can do anything. Like it, it, it literally taught me that I can make it through whatever. So while it broke me down, <laughs> it depressed me at times, um, it caused self-doubt, um, but it also taught me how to try everything. So, um, yeah, it took a uh, – so let's see. We take a two-year degree two, two and a half, um, and it's automatically a four. You're going, like, two classes a semester, okay? So you're doing that, and you're just kind of making your way through your gen ed and your requirements, and um, I avoided the math. So finally I went to this counselor, and I can't remember. She was doctor or somebody. I can't remember her name. I go to this counselor, and she says, oh, my gosh, you're doing great. You know, you're on the dean's list, this, that, and the other. Why haven't you taken math? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take it, <laughs> you know. And she said, you, I had to start at the non-credit, and I had to start at the bottom of the non-credit. So I had to take, I was in criminal justice, so I had to take two non-credit maths before I could even get to the credited math. And you have to pass, at that time, the way, uh, the course load was set. I had to take the two credits that I could get to the credit math class. I had to take two of those. You cannot go to your elective math courses until you had taken, I think it was like 1033 or something, according to my major. So you can only take one at a time. Right there, I'm taking two non-credit. I have to pass two to get to the two elective maths that I need. That's six. Yeah. Okay. You can only take them one semester at a time, so you do the math. That's six semesters. Mm -hmm. I had taken none the entire time I was going to State College of Florida. I had taken zero. I was all done with everything else. If somebody was like, hey, girl, you don't need math, I'd have been like, okay, bye, I'm graduating, because mm -hmm. everything was literally done. And she warned me. I can't say she didn't warn me. She warned me, but I had such a fear. I I was I, – I, I, I was – overwhelmed with fear of math that I literally avoided it 
Um, so you're talking about six semesters of math that I have to take, and, and you know, you have two semesters and maybe a summer if you got some money left lingering, right? Mm-hmm. Back then, you weren't getting summer financial aid. You, there, there was no such thing. It was, it was if you didn't take full course load in the fall and spring, you may have a couple of pennies left over for you to do a summer. So you only have two. That's a year. Two more. That's two years. Two more. That's three. That's three years period of math that I had, right? Because you only have two semesters. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I took it. I put some of it in a summer or two. It's still essentially two and a half years. So now I'm going part time because I'm an adult. I have kids, right? I can't go full time. I have to work. I have to support my family. And 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 I had a son that had Asperger's. So I'm going when I can. I go every semester though. I do my two classes. Sometimes I pick up a third, but for the most part, I'm going part time. That's already four years. And then I just added three years of math essentially without failing. We're not even going to talk about the fact that I failed them once I started taking them. Okay. So that automatically made me, made me be there seven years. That's yeah, without and, failing. Yeah. And then I that failed you of them. So because I failed them and had to continuously, I failed one of those classes four times. That's a whole year of one class. Like <laughs> that's easy. So Automatically, I'm there seven years because I didn't put math in my schedule throughout the time I was taking courses. And then I failed it a couple times, withdrew a couple times. Not before you know it, you're at nine years. So what happened to your financial aid? So the financial aid, because um, because I was there, I am taking math so many times. I had essentially exhausted the financial aid. So I had no more financial aid to get. Um, I learned that I had a disability. I kind of knew that, but I um, I learned that I concretely had a disability. I have ADHD, anxiety. Um, I went to the doctor. Um, I knew all about Office of Disabled Students and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I just didn't know. I just thought I had a problem with math. Like, I, I thought it was something wrong with me. Um, but I, once I started to really see, I said, wait, I, I get everything else, like, with no problems. There's something legitimately wrong here. You know, I went to the doctor. Uh, long and short, I was able to register with the Office of Disabled Students. Um, I was able to obtain medication to help me with my disability. Um and then because of that, I, were, I, was, I was able to start to get um, accommodations in the classroom and accommodations to help me with math. And I was able to kind of go and take my, because of my anxiety, I was able to take tests outside the classroom because I would be in the classroom and I'd maybe sometimes be doing, you know, okay, you know, pretty good. But if it was time for a test and somebody put their pencils down and like five people went out, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so stupid. What is wrong with me? Everybody's done. And then it'd just be done. And I had this before, you know, I got an F on the test, you know. Um, so those accommodations really began to um, help me. But at any rate, I still had at that point exhausted the financial aid and I appealed it. I was I'm really good at advocating for myself. I appealed it. I even went to the family cafe. And if you're not familiar with that, it's this uh, disability conference. And 
um, the governor comes. It used to be called the governor's conference and the governor comes and they have all these representatives from all these different agencies pertaining to disabilities. And they had someone there from uh, like financial aid, like federal grants and stuff. So I made it my business to go in there and basically like go on, go in on the band. I'm like, hey, I have a disability here and you guys shut off my financial aid, you know, and now I can't go. But I literally was failing due to my disability here. Like, What's going on? And he just kind of roundabout said, OK. You know, but um, I couldn't get any more financial aid because it was exhausted. And throughout the years of be going to school, I was taking out student loans um, because I was still missing part of my income. Even though I was still working, I was still missing part of my income, trying to support um, my kids um, and trying to like have gas to get to the kids because I lived in Sarasota. Um, so I had taken out the student loans. Um, and I had no more money. Uh, and at times I was paying for the math classes. If like I, if I fail, okay, they have this rule with financial aid. If you fail a class three times, or uh, if you fail a class three times, you it's called you have to get it's called a third attempt, and you are charged out of state fees for that third attempt, and you cannot use financial aid. You have to pay those out-of-state fees three times the Florida state rate, and you are not allowed to use financial aid for that. So let me tell you what I did. I mean, it was bad, though. Like, I, I did that, but Alyssa was like, I'm going to find a way to, like, figure this thing out. And I found out there's a third attempt fee waiver, and I filled out the form for it, got the third attempt fee waiver, tried my hardest. I mean, I was like at work doing math. I was in the in the resource center. I was doing everything I could. And I got to my final and I failed. And I just I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I did all of that to advocate for myself. I had like I was like chasing people down the office like you're gonna sign my waiver. And I failed. And um so the fourth attempt there oh I'm sorry. The fourth attempt there is no waiver. The fourth attempt there absolutely is no waiver and you have to pay out of pocket. So there's like a lot of money that I paid out of pocket, but I went yeah. back and did it. So that's how I came into the trouble with financial aid. Yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, I have to say you are a fantastic advocate for yourself and you find a way to work through almost any barrier that, that you've described. And I think that that's, amazing and commendable if you like stopping here right now in this conversation and thinking about the story you just told me about being a part-time student with all of the responsibilities that you had over the time span that you that you worked to get your AA and um, with your disability and your struggles with the math class if you could look at yourself prior to embarking on all of that, what advice would you give yourself that someone could take right now um, in order to have avoided exhausting your financial aid, um, spending nine years getting your AA, and having to do all of those, those things that you had to endure in order to get to that point? funny you ask because I do have kids in college now those babies that I had they're in college <laughs> so um 
I, I tell them and I tell all the kids that I work around, um, number one, I give them the advice my advisor gave me. Do not wait to take it. That's number one. Do not avoid it. Do not wait to take it. Maybe one semester, maybe your first semester, you're just getting to college and you kind of want to get your footing. Um, but after that, and you know what college is about and you know what it takes, don't wait. Take it. You don't want to be stuck taking math. You know, I was stuck there for years. I didn't have any other class. I just took math. So number one, um, don't avoid it. Number two, I would say if if any class, whether it be math or English or writing, whatever, because my daughter has a disability. She has a learning disability. And so my disability is a little different. Um, and so whatever the class may be, whether it be English or writing, don't avoid it and use the school resources. If you know you have a specific problem or issue with a subject and you have to take that subject, number one, whether you have a disability or not, let's just say you have an issue. Number one, maybe, maybe if you can, cut your course load down so that you can devote more time to that subject. Because if you're at like five courses and you know this subject is an issue for you, you may want to take four. That's just my advice. If you're at four and you know this is a serious issue for you, take three. Like, give yourself some leeway. I know as an adult learner, you're in such a hurry. You you, you feel like, I got to do this. I got to do this right now. I got to complete it because you feel like you've already wasted some time. Take a breath, okay? Forgive yourself and give yourself some leeway to move around, Okay. So that's 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 like the first thing. Um, another piece of advice I would give, like I said, definitely use the resource center. Definitely use others around you. If you are running into a serious issue with a subject, even if you don't think you have a disability or whatever the case may be, go and speak to someone. Speak to someone at the Disability Resource Center because some of the resources and tips that they can give you can absolutely still help you whether you have a disability or not, okay? Or, or you may need to go see a doctor, okay? That's a real thing. You may need to go see a doctor. You may need to get some tests done, okay, um, if, if there's a problem. Whatever you, you need to do, please reach out and talk to someone and um, find out what your options are. And numero uno, talk to your professor. Say, I don't get this. I'm having a problem. You know, let them know how you're feeling. Um, don't be afraid to do that. And it may seem like you're going to get a little personal. Who cares? Like, I now I have, there's like no shame in my game. I'm like, okay, professor, whatever. I'm depressed right now. You know, like, I'm experiencing anxiety right now. Can you give me a break there? You know, can I give this to you tomorrow? Um it's real life, you know? Yeah. So that would be my advice. And that's what I tell my kids. Yeah, I think that that's great advice because I think I hear so frequently that the reason why students end up stopping out or not doing well is because they're not aware of the resources that the university or the school system has to offer them. And 
and communication is always hard, right? From the organization standpoint, you can communicate till you're blue in the face and there's still going to be people who don't get the message. And so I think the number, that's fantastic advice. I think students, no matter what age they are, no matter what their situation is, even if it feels like it's a dumb question, which there are no dumb questions, I think you have to be your biggest advocate. You have to voice your problems and your and your concerns and your challenges because from what I've seen just in the work with the with the higher ed system and and the school districts too um, is that there are a lot of resources people a lot of times don't take advantage of them because they don't know about them so I think that's that's really good advice what about um, if you was there anything you could have done about the fact that you were sort of exhausting all of your financial aid, taking this, these same classes over and over again? At that point, there was nothing. Um, I was a really good student um, previously. So like I had even like gotten scholarships and things like that, you know? Um, But once those classes started hitting and I started failing, it wrecked my GPA. So I go from like a Dean's list 4.0 student nothing less than like 3.8 to like I'm on academic probation I'm like 2.0 1.9 1.7 it killed my GPA did you do Um, a course substitution okay so I didn't know course substitution existed if I would have known course substitution existed now I love my school that I was you know, that I graduated from, I really did. And and we've learned a lot over the years. Um, But if someone would have like looked at my transcript or just pulled me up and looked when I came to register with the office or while I was with the office and said, hey, Alyssa, I see you failed this like a million times. Uh, We have this thing available called course substitution. That would have eliminated like almost all of my problems, yeah. I would I, I would not have run into the problem with financial aid. If I would have qualified for that course substitution, I wouldn't have had to take that math over and over and over. I then would have not exhausted my financial aid, wrecked my GPA. I, I was able to pull it back because when I would go back and pass that, oh, I would pass it with like an A or I think I got a B one time. Um, when I would pass, I would pass big, you know. But, I mean, that was with me literally taking a leave of absence from my employer. I I literally told my employer, this is how dedicated I was. I I told my employer, and I had a nice, like, moving into corporate America type thing. I had a nice um, career laying out from at the time. I was building a nice career for myself. I went to my employer, and I said, hey, I'm taking a leave of absence. I'm not coming back. For until the end of this semester because I have to focus solely on my math and I would wake up at like as soon as the college would open whether I was in class or not like so if the class I didn't have class that day I would wake up when the college was open I go to the resource center and I wouldn't leave the resource center if they close at six I'd leave at six if they close at eight I'd leave at eight and um, at that point I had like um, my kids were in daycare or school and oh, I thought I silenced that. My kids were like in daycare or school, and I made sure that I would get like someone to pick them up. I would get someone to um, help me out with that and watch them. And you know, by that time, but my mom was getting sick, 
but I just made sure that I um I just made sure that I could stay at that resource center and I put my all into it and I was able to pass, but I had no clue. And if someone would have said something to me, um, I could have very well avoided um, that trouble water that I ran into with financial aid and everything else. And my, and it, I, I had no, you know, when I found out about poor substitution was this year and I was uh, a friend of mine told me about it when I was actually, my, my daughter started running into trouble with math and I seen her going down the same path. And that was my worst fear in life. And um, she told me about the course substitution, and I was like, what are you talking about? And I called the disability resource center at her school and found out, like, yeah, you just turned this in. My daughter already had all of the paperwork and documentation from having a math disability and everything else. So I was able to uh, send my daughter her, her paperwork, and she was approved for a course substitution at her university. And my son that started this year, sent him his paperwork and he got approved for it too. So I'm like, wait, where was this when I was in school? Why didn't anybody tell me? So if it was just took somebody like five minutes to say, to look at what was going on and say, apply for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. And I could see how in a large system it might get overlooked. Um, but, but you're right. If, if, there are opportunities to sort of identify when someone's struggling like that. So, so tell me, what is it about FGC you complete that works so well for you? FGC, uh, oh gosh, I love complete. So I found out about FGC you complete um, this year actually, and I think I stumbled across it trying. Oh, that's funny. So I was trying to register for class, right? I'm trying to register for class, and. Um, I am, I'm trying to register for class, and then I keep getting this message saying that I can't register for this class I need. Um, All the rest of them are closed, and then I see one that's open. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's great. And then it's, like, giving me this error message, and it's saying, FGC, you complete only. I'm like, what? What is this? And I kept getting it. I'm like, no, it's people allowed in there. And I think I wrote the advisor or something. I'm like, what is this thing? What is this complete? And the advisor is like, yeah, it's a program for, you know, non-traditional students. And, and then they go on to say, and I'm listening. I'm like, wait, that's me. That, that's totally me. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, I don't know. let's see. And they look and they're like, yeah, that's definitely you. And um, so that's how I found out about FGCU Complete. And it's so funny because that aspect of complete being able to register for the classes that you need having a couple seats blocked off for the people in that program is huge because when you're an adult learner you need what you need it's not like I'm 18 19 years old and I'm like a freshman or junior or whatever and I can just take that a different semester because I have this time I'm an adult learner and literally if I can't register for that class, that may throw off my entire graduation track, or that may be the class that I need to graduate this sem- semester, or that can be the difference between my promotion and not, versus I'm, and to take nothing away from traditional college students, but I'm not that. And that's the difference between, like right now, the difference between me being able to take the summer classes that I just took 
and being able to get in those classes, there was one that I needed. It's a university requirement. It was full. And if I don't take that, I, I, I can't take that as an additional class next semester because I work in the school system and we're going back to school. And so I can't handle that amount of course load. And I've learned my lesson about overloading myself. I'm not going to get myself in trouble and overload myself and make a mistake and like not be able to do the class or fail it. Um, I need it now. And that can prevent me from graduating in the fall if I don't take it. The fact that complete had those classes available for me when I needed them um, and I didn't have to do the traditional thing like stay up until midnight when the class is open. Now I'm trying to like race on my computer to fight against, you know, whatever, whatever many thousand kids trying to get in that class when they can afford to kind of, okay, I didn't get it this time. I'll get it next semester. That's not me. So that aspect of complete is amazing. So it's that just that one thing has made all the difference to me um, because that would be the difference between me being able to graduate next semester in the fall or literally me graduating next summer mm. like a year from now yeah yeah so you put it in that perspective it's like ooh. yeah so adult learners are, are different in a, a few different ways from a traditional student one is that that you you're trying to hurry up and finish because you're working already you're you know you're trying to fit this in in a non-traditional way right so um, I think traditional students face a lot more challenges today than they had in the past, too, and sort of like our vision of the traditional college student is not accurate um, if you're thinking of, you know, um, the students that can go off at 18 years old and they're, they don't have to take out loans, their parents pay for it, or um, they don't have to work, they just go live on campus and have four years and get a degree. That's just not reality anymore. But the reality is even more different, I would say, for an adult learner, basically, what you're describing at least. Time is of the essence, right? Um, is there anything else uh, specific about being an adult learner that you think um, higher education should know? Uh, any other like major thing that could really, really help you as an adult learner um, or that is very specific to adult learners that you would sort of offer as advice to the system of higher education? Okay. Um, like with complete, um, I feel like I have a family within the family, like within my FGCU school family. I feel like I have like this little nest. And I don't know, I'm not playing on the words that, because we're eagles, but I, I literally feel like we have this little nest, right? And um, we have, like, everyone around us that are there to help and to see us win. And they understand the specific things that we need. And we get that extra support or that specific support. It may, it's not even necessarily, yeah, I guess it is extra, but it's really specific, you know. Individualized um, support. It's about, it's yes. tailored Yes, absolutely. So my the counts like my advisors, um, they go in, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's they know exactly what what my goal is, what I'm trying to get at. Hey, I can't take that here. I have to take it here because of this. It's not like, well, well, maybe you can do it this way. No, they they're like, okay, yeah, we got you. You know, um, 
the fact that the courses are they have courses for us like seats for us in particular courses because they know we may have just found out that hey i'm going to have enough money to take a class this semester or we may have just found out that we're going to need to take one you know or um there's so many variables in that um so it, it's like a nest it's like a family within a family um with 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 just adult learners in general what i find um could be helpful like we were talking about the academic resource centers like writing centers and math centers and all these different things that the college offers and this is any cause this is not just fgcu specific right mm -hmm. so um any college. So what you will find is sometimes professors will say, okay, access the writing center or something, right? And so like, let's just say you're having an issue with writing and the professor said you need to brush up and, you know, access the writing center. So this, no. And number one, you may not have known the writing center existed. Or number two, as an adult learner, you may not have time to go to the writing center. Um, or you may not even live where that campus is, and then they have write, writing center resources online, but it's totally different. But you may not necessarily have time to go to the writing center. It may not be that in-depth that you need to. It may be just that you need your professor to kind of teach you a little bit, you know, like go back into that teaching zone because we're so like lecture oriented and what you should already know, you should already know. Sometimes adult learners like forgot little things and it can be something so little. So like just giving that extra support and saying, hi, you know, well, here's a link to, to an example or when I tell you to do this, when you're writing, this is what I mean. Um, just taking like two or three extra minutes to give them that tidbit instead of saying go to the writing center, right? So there's, that's an example where if you do that to someone, like an adult learner, it's like, you know, it's like, God, I don't have enough time to go to the writing center. And just that little thing can make you feel so defeated, you know, and, and you're like, okay, it's not for me. I, I really, I just don't remember. I don't know how to do this. And it, I mean, when you're an adult, you already have so many things that like life stressors, just that little bit can be helpful. So I would say, don't for any institution don't take the fact that you have all these resources available and just assume that a people know about them and b people can really access them when we're speaking in terms of adult learners that that would be um and and i would say to maybe when we're doing like professional development with your professors and or and such just remind them that they have an adult learner in their class to maybe give them a little assistance or a little extra assistance versus just say, oh, now we got writing center, go over there. Or, you know, we've got math center, go over there. So I would, I would say that. And, and that hasn't happened to me at FGC or anything. It's just a general observation. Everyone is not like me. And I've run into that, you know, with professors. And they'll say, Alyssa, you need to do this. And if you access the writing center or if you access the math center, and they could have literally just told me right then what what I was doing wrong, you know, <laughs> like you could have literally said, this is how you fix it, you know. Um, but me, I'm, I have a I have a different personality and I always take that into account. But when I got that in the past, I could see where that could could, could, could kind of detour someone um, yeah, or, or could be overwhelming. 
it creates a barrier and like you I mean you do you have a different personality so does everybody right and so not not one size does not fit all and I think that um, there are some pretty significant differences between traditional and adult learners um, so it helps to to know that that's fantastic advice thank you so much well you're a, you're a future maker now so Keep using your voice, and I know you're changing lives, and you'll continue to do that. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye. Go Eagles. Bye.